0: Hi, this is Surya Debbie and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and practitioner of the healing arts, living on the unceded, traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. On this show, we speak with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. No matter what we believe in, we can learn to lead from love and speak from the heart so we can usher in true peace and healing on this planet together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to A Voice for Love. Today I'm very excited to welcome my special guest, Victoria Liana. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I'm really
1: excited to see where this conversation goes today and just to share with your community and just commune together. So thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much for for coming on and talking to me today. And can you please give everyone, tell everyone a little bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't know you?
1: Yes, so I am a uh, author. I published my first book, Staying Alive to 25, after my quarter-life crisis, and that book was like a transformation point for me to really step into my gifts of feeling confident to guide and support others. That led to my other books, which was Learning to Love. And then I, me and my partner Shalom Melchizedek ended up founding universal meditation and cosmic sexuality. And we've been working with thousands of people around the world on their embodiment of their sexuality and spiritual spirituality together. And that's been amazing, an amazing journey. I'm also an artist, I make music. And for me, my music is mantras of worthiness of the goddess embodiment. And it's just an extension of my work with others.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I love it. And I love your music, by the way. (laughs) I've been, uh, I was jamming out to it. I like the macaroni and cheese song. (laughs) That's that's a more fun song. It's that was literally more like social media
1: friendly. Um, I know people like to cook. I like to like sometimes cook. So I think with the holidays coming up, I was like, let me just put something that's fun out there.
0: Absolutely. No. And it's, it's great. And I love humor and I think it's such a great, it's such, it's such a great way to, to reach people. So let's, I mean, there's so many things that we can talk about, but what, what drew me to you actually were some posts that I saw in regards to the cosmic sexuality and energetics. And I really want to talk about this because I'm passionate about this and I still feel like so many people don't understand what's happening during sex and our society has like developed this very casual approach to sex and it almost encourages people to go out and just like I mean the young kids I can't even with them like they're the way they're so casual and they're so like I watched this documentary. It was in Florida, actually. And it was about a bunch of young kids who all went on spring break, all with the intention of like, how many people could they sleep with during this like four day long weekend. And I was just watching this and they were all saying things like, oh, well, there's no true love anymore. So we're just going to be what we're just going to be with whoever we can be. And I was just like, wow, like they they have no idea. So I mean, this is a big topic, but I'd love for you to share. Yeah, wh- wherever some good starting points are or how you got into this work or yeah, just take it away. <laughs> i just feel like you said so many like good points um and
1: i just want to say that for a moment before i go like deeper into like how i get started but yes like i definitely feel like where we are now sexually as women we're in this bridge of trying to understand sexual liberation with also being sacred existences right so i feel like the the new generation now they have a def they definitely have a sense of like worthiness like they know like that they deserve some deserve more but there's also this embodiment of like this feminist energy and the feminist energy went from like our sexuality or our virginity, like being this place of like being coveted by the male gaze or the men. So it's now this thing where like, well, I don't want it to be that for men. I want it to be something for myself. So it's like this almost like this rush forward to like, let me lose it. Let me lose it and just get it over with because I want to do things on my own terms, right? Which is good. But then I feel like you have to bring it into balance and harmony with your spiritual energy. So when you know if you have a connection to source and you understand, instead of saying, I'm just going to like be in a rush to give it away because I don't want the male gaze. I don't want it to be this thing that's coveted by men. I want to. I'll own it in my own way if you know that your sexual existence and you have a connection to your spirit it's like well i'm gonna so honor what my spirit wants me to do i'm gonna learn my own sexual existence in this way that's beneficial to me and it's not harmful but i feel like a lot of people don't understand that there are like effects energetic effects of connecting with someone it's not just a surface level connection where we're connecting with someone physically and it's just stimulating and it feels good temporarily but I say even too, like when you're connecting with someone and it's just a kiss, or even if it's just like oral sex, there's this there's this deeper thread that you are connecting to with someone. And that stays there. And it's like, for us as women too, our womb is connected to our heart. So we can't just get involved with someone, anyone, man or woman, whatever your orientation is, and think that there's nothing else there, like, that energy stays there, you still have to clear it, otherwise it sticks there, and it's like, you still feel this connection to someone, and you don't know why, even if you claim that you're over them, you still think about them, they still show up in your dream space, and it's like, okay, you know, deep down inside that there's something you're supposed to do to remove this, because it's not like it's a, a... a healthy connection that you have with like a friend because even if you have friendships right you can feel your friend you know when they're going through something but that sexual connection that you have to someone it almost feels like it's pulling on part of you that is taking something from you so i think it's important to come into an awareness of what it feels like to know to just in those moments that you get those indications. So you can go, oh, there is something deeper there for me to deal with. And and then from there, I think it's the process of learning how to address that energy and how to clear that energy is like key. So it's not something we're taught, right? We're taught health of our body, maybe even taught health of our mental health, right? But we're never taught like that there's a spiritual hygiene a spiritual health that we have to maintain as well. And that's equally connected to our whole existence our whole existence of who we are. So we have to understand that layer as well to be a holistic being. So for me, like that brings you back to what you're asking about cosmic sexuality and really understanding that the work of sexuality is deeply connected to our spiritual existence and we're all born through the sexual waters, the sexual energy, right? Our parents connect. You're born through two people coming together as one. And you're born, you're you're part of your mom, you're part of your dad, and you're the third energy that's that's created. So to even say that we can really escape our sexual nature, I think is a far cry because it's literally how we're born. We're born through this way. So for me, like, I understood this deeply on my path um, of wanting to go deeper spiritually. So I feel like most people, especially for women, we have this awakening period in our life. And it usually comes after some sort of heartbreak or some sort of like loss, or we feel like um, whether like we, we couldn't achieve something that we set out to achieve, or we lost the relationship that we thought was the one. This sort of breaking open of our heart happens and then you start to look around you and you're like, oh, you realize that, you, it's, that your heart, like I was saying, your heart and your womb are very deeply connected. And then you try to figure out, well, in this path, this area of my sexuality, if it was a relationship, always comes up. And generally, the disconnects that we experience in relationships all stem from not being able to be intimate with another. And intimacy is not just sexual, but it's just how we communicate as well. If we're able to be in our full body around someone, and what I mean, if you're able to be in your full body is sometimes your energy can shrink around certain people, right? You just feel it and you just know that you're not you around them. So really just being able to be intimate with yourself first and another, you realize that this area has to be addressed. And eventually that area of intimacy leads to sexuality. So you can't really go on your spiritual path without addressing your sexual nature because it's gonna come up. It's gonna come up in your relationships. It's gonna come up in your relationship to yourself. If you have moments of excitement and like, if you don't have someone, I even hear women say like, I feel the need to self-pleasure sometimes. You can't really escape this energy. The energy of our sexual energy is excitement. So it's gonna come up. Like it's gonna come up even if you're single and you are on a path of celibacy. And you vow not to have sex, you're gonna have those moments where you feel your body wanting to do something with this energy, right? So you have to be comfortable enough to say that my sexual energy is not at odds with my spiritual path. It's literally part of who I am. But if I understand it, it doesn't overtake me and it doesn't lead me into situations where it's controlling who i am or it's dominating or it's leading me down a path to connect with someone that i know is not the one but rather, i'm in control of it i feel comfortable with it i understand it to the degree where i'm allowing it to only be a higher level of connectivity to someone else if i choose that
0: amen i love i love i love this whole conversation because i'm like you're you're There's so many truths and I guess there's so many there's so many pieces here, but I guess I think one of the most important things about this time we're in and we see this awakening happening around us. Right. It's like we can see like I've been on my path for a long time. So I've seen a lot of people like have this awakening and the traditional in many paths, most paths spiritual seekers cut off their their sexuality right it's like people became monks brahmacharya like all this kind of stuff right. right and so it's like it was believed that in order to reach this now it is one path to enlightenment there's different paths to enlightenment so for some people i feel like it's a very very small percentage of the population that is their path that brahmacharya no sex celibate path in order to cultivate the energy cuz like ultimately you know enlightenment is an energetic process right and there's different mm-hmm. ways that we can experience that and it's ironically sex is that is actually one of the things that people are chasing unknowingly sometimes is they're chasing that moment of orgasm when they feel at one with everything and divinity and then they don't realize what that is right yeah and even
1: to add on what you said even if they are choosing that path is there's still a transmutation in that process it's still going through the lower self to the highest self right to enlightenment. So if you're going from the lowest self, you're going from the root, you're going to deal with the sexual energy anyways. The difference is that they transmute it within themselves. So instead of needing to have this sexual experience with another, they have it with themselves and source. And they don't, they take the the, um, perversion out of the sexual energy and put it into this higher energy of understanding it to be what people call love or oneness with God, right? It's the same energy. It's just choosing how we direct that energy. And sometimes our own filters of perception uh, gives us the, the feeling of how we are connecting to someone else. For example, I still have the same amount of love for my for my mom as I would for my husband, right? It's all love. But there's still a moment there where you're, you're sexual and you're sexually connected to your partner in a different way than you are to your parent. It's still the same source energy. It's still energy that's being generated from this idea of love. So when you speak about that, it's literally like the transmission that happens from the lower chakra to, to through all the being, all of your being, and eventually gets transmuted to this place of source. But that's all the idea of where we're going anyways. So for example, you connect with anybody. If you're sitting in a meditation with someone, and I'm sure you probably have experienced this to a degree at at some point in your life where you feel connected to someone through just meditating with them. Like you can sit in front of someone and feel your energy like being sent to them and their energy being sent to you. There's no sexual relationship there, but you feel each other on this deeper level. All of the energy that we have inside of us all energy is sexual energy because when we're saying sexual energy, we're saying our life force energy. We all have this life force energy. It's the thing that's charging us.
0: Absolutely. It is. And and you know, sexual energy, as you know, is the most powerful energy, right? Mm-hmm. And the energy that is generated during that process, whether you're exchanging that with another person or even with yourself, like in in self-pleasuring, like it is powerful. And it's funny, a story that just to demonstrate like interconnectedness, there was um, a period of time where there was somebody who I knew online and it was like this magnetic connection to this person. And I couldn't stop thinking about them. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And I was like, because in the physical, what it didn't, it, it didn't appear that there was really much energy coming towards me, so I was very confused. And I asked a friend of mine, who's a very I trust her one hundred percent with her readings, and she said, "Well, he fantasizes about you and watches his and what, when when he looks at your photos, so that's where the link is." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's what it is!" So even the act of somebody having their attention on somebody else that's looking true. and I and I'm so energetically sensitive um, that I was picking up on it because because I'm so sensitive. And so you know, being somebody who's sensitive and empathic, and I'm sure this is a lot of the people that you mm-hmm. work with because. Most people who are drawn to, you know, not everybody is ready to accept this idea of sacred sexuality, right? A lot of people are still acting out their sexuality from, you know, the lower place of, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to judge or anything like everybody is where they're at, right? But there's, there's obviously many different ways that we can approach sexual energy, right?
1: Right. And this is a good point. I mean, it brings it, it literally is speaking to what I just communicated, the fact that his perception of the energy towards you may have been sexual, but you were still able to feel his vibration of that same energy. You were able to pick up what it was. So there's one energy. And I think the biggest thing is demystifying it. And I would say like the ego makes wants us to make one person, or if you're whatever your relationship dynamic is, more than one person special in your life. Right. They want the specialness of that relationship usually ends up translating to the sexual connection you have with them. But source says everybody has the same energy. If you have the right tools and that person is of the same consciousness level as you, you could literally be on the same wavelength as them at any time, meaning like people think that. There's this special one for them that there's one person for you. But really, it's like when you when you go to connect with a lover, you're literally connecting your your chakras or your energy centers, which simply means that you guys are on the same frequency there that you both have done the work, the energetic work to clear those centers, to transmute the energy in those centers where it's at this pure place that you're able to then recognize the signal that you both are putting out and connect from that place. So if you you could, if the person was willing and in this place of growth and openness and connecting it to source, that could be anybody in the world. There's no one special person for each person. I do believe that source brings people into your life to introduce them to be like, hey, this is your, this could be your person, right? But then it's up to you to say like, can I do the work to be in alignment with them? And then I don't feel like if one person fails you, like meaning that you had this idea of them being your person and they don't wanna do the work, that you're just stuck in that space and left with them being your only one, that that will be your only person for the rest of your life. Like source will always bring the next best alignment towards you right so just understanding that and being of this in this space of like willing to show up and do the work to stay connected to someone i think also too that's why we see um so many disconnects in relationships in marriages because you may have met that person thinking that they're the one and at that time you guys were able to connect on certain Place a certain wave level. Maybe your center is open at the time, and then the relationship fails, and then you're left thinking like that is just you're a failure in love, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. So anyone can show up ready and willing to do the work, and that can be your person. And I'm saying that in quotations because the idea of like of not of understanding that there are no special relationships. There's just source relationships.
0: I love that. That's a, that's such a good way of looking at it because people do get so attached. I mean, we've all, I've done it, you know, like we get so attached to that, like, oh, our person. And I hear people saying it all the time. Like I have so many clients that like, you know, so especially women, and they're always looking for like the one, the one, and where's yeah. my person, where's my person, you know? And it's like, it's like you said, like anyone could be your person. I remember somebody said this to me years ago. They're like, she said, you know, you could be with anyone. It's just like, how much work do you want to do? <clears throat> right? Right. Like, You can be with anybody. And then sometimes you have these situations and like, even in the example you just gave, it's like, maybe you're not willing to do the work, but maybe the other person isn't willing to do the work either. Because some Mm -hmm. people like literally just don't understand or aren't willing to understand for whatever reasons, how deep these connections go, especially once you bring in sexual energy and you become, and so, you know, the Christians, in Christianity, they would call it like a soul tie. And I think this is a very, very accurate description for what happens is because you Mm -hmm. form a bond with that person on a soul level and which is how serious these connections are. And so like I have a bunch of girlfriends, you know, that are having their that, what they perceive to be their empowering moment because they left their partners and they're they're single. And so they're out there now sleeping with every guy that they can. And they're like, wow, this is so empowering. I'm on my and I'm like, really? And these are like really mm-hmm. beautiful, amazing, smart spiritual women. And, I, and I'm not judging them. I'm not, I'm not judging yeah. them for, the, well, for their for their fun. But what I'm saying, I'm not, they're having fun. I get it. But I'm like, do you understand the long term and the possible energy? consequences of what you're doing and how much information that you're taking in and how much you know when we're looking at like you know people are talking about like we're taking on dna we're talking on we're taking on people's mm-hmm. codes we're taking on their car like this is serious stuff here like if people and i say this all the time if people really understood what sex was you wouldn't be out there just having sex with anybody unless you have two conscious individuals who are able to approach the situation in a way that's you know very mindful and clean and they can do the work and you know separate without like you know attaching to to each other in that way which is possible right it is possible too also too i just wanted to speak to what you're saying because what you just said is so powerful like i feel like
1: we're in this space where there's this wounded masculine energy that women are taking on and carrying so like they'll like you said they'll leave a relationship or leave a marriage and they think they're they feel empowered but they're holding wo- wounded masculine energy and now they become that and they're using this principle because going out to conquer someone, right, or have a sexual conquest, all those conquer conquest, all of that is masculine energy based. It is. We as any individual, man or woman, need to be balanced. I don't believe that you should have more, more masculine energy or feminine energy if you're a man or a woman you need balanced energy because the people that you're going to be attracting to are going to have that same type of energy that you are putting out. So you're not, you're going into these situations thinking that they're not gonna hurt you, but you're already coming at it from a place of being, of having this wounded masculine energy. So you're only gonna attract more of that. And you're gonna stay in that vibration of thinking that you're empowered, but you're gonna end up feeling their connection to you later on. And you're gonna have to do the work to get rid of that. And this is gonna be more work than you anticipated, even going into the connection with them. So we have this quote on cosmic sexuality where we go, it takes more, um energy to rebuild your it takes more focus to be rebuild your spiritual energy energy than to reconsider sleeping with someone so meaning like the word if you are like in a spiritual space and you are doing your work spiritually like you're doing meditation you're really focused on your energy centers you're building up your energy your life force energy and then you just go and choose to sleep with someone and they're not in the same space you are basically charging that other individual and even though our life force energy is replenishable, we still get these what you mentioned, soul ties, right? We get these energetic cores, these knots that stick in us and then it drains us. So we if we have multiple cords with someone. We're being drained. So just think about like. Um, <laughs> this is such a random example, but like if you're a mom, right. And you're and you have two kids and even though you're cleaning up the house, like they're making messes faster than you can clean up. <laughs> Hi, Welcome, welcome to my you just described my life right now. And thank you. <laughs> you're you're bang on. Go on. <laughs> it's literally the same thing with sex. Like if you're even though you have life force energy that's too punishing you're making messes faster than you can remove the cord. So it's like you really have to be aware of like, oh, just think if you think it's this casual moment, it's not because. You're still connecting to them. And, and any time that you give someone permission to you energetically, they're in your space, like you're inviting them into your space. So you have to do something. If you don't want them in your space any longer, you have to do something to close that door to them. Just like if someone comes to your house, right? Someone says, hey, I'm coming to visit and they this person has no awareness or consciousness of like personal space and they go i'm going to just stay here and then they if you don't tell them hey i need you to leave they're going to be at your house until whoever knows when like they could be there for months they could be there for years because you didn't say hey you have to go it's the same. i'm trying to give at most like tangible ex- examples Um, Because I know sometimes people are coming into this space of understanding that there is an energetic connection or what this energy may feel like. So I'm trying to give like physical examples that mirror what it would be of you closing your space energetically and what that process is like.
0: Well, yeah. And just to to add to that, I want to say this was also something that I recently figured out was happening to me because I was so drained and I was so confused and there was all these strange energetics happening. And what I realized was, was there there was somebody who has been continuously courting into me for over, for for a year or more now. And um, it's actually not, this person uses sexual energy, but it's not somebody that I have a sexual relationship with, but because this person and and I let them in exactly what you said. And I was like, when I, when I finally understood what was going on there was actually an almost an overlap that had happened at certain points with us um but when i asked and when i how did this happen i allowed this person in because energetically in the beginning i thought i could trust this person everything was hunky dory this person was an ally they were my this, well, that usually and, that's usually how it goes that's how it goes but what this person actually is is a very tricky energetic vampire who uses sexual energy from a place of survival to take what they don't have from other people and feed themselves so this person was feeding off and this wasn't this Mm -hmm. person was the major person but there were a few of them feeding off of my so i learned a huge a huge lesson about you know how how mindful i have to be about but again it was so subtle this person is so and it's in it's it's this kind of stuff it almost makes you i I can talk to you about it but some people when you try to talk about this stuff it's like they just think you're nuts they're like oh what are you talking about about like get over it but this stuff is so
1: real there's a a place that you get to where you've been cultivating yourself so much and working yourself so much you feel everything you feel stuff from other people it's just like you said it's intuitive energetic nature that some people have i think we all have it just some people are just different um and whether they not they want to be connected to that knowing of themselves of that aspect of themselves but um 100 percent, what you said is true And like um, we also talk about, too, in Cosmic Sexuality, this this idea of like porn is just porn. Right. So some people will have like these connections to these different sexual um, fantasies, fantasies or ideas or how they like to like stimulate themselves sexually. But having sex through a screen with porn is still having sex and like a lot of people don't want to hear that like we get a lot of flack when we say that but you're literally connecting to that person energetically even if they're in the screen like you said even if someone has a picture of you and they and they have certain understandings of how to connect to someone energetically and they're using their sexual energy to do that if that person is in tune like you were you can feel that person doing it so it's like we really in those situations obviously you can't control If someone takes a photo of you, if they use it right for their own, their own stimulation. But with porn, I think that is something that's in our, in people's control. You're choosing to connect to that person energetically through the porn and you think it doesn't affect you, but it does. It has not just the energetic effects, but also has the mental effects. When you go to try to connect with someone else, it also has emotional effects. When you try to actually go to connect with someone in real life and you feel almost numb because you don't know how to, Actually, connect energetically. You're just trying to connect physically, and that physical connection is so temporal; it doesn't go anywhere. It is, it's so fleeting that it it you feel it for three seconds, and it disappears. And then after that, you're like, you you barely probably want to be around the person because you almost feel like something was either given to them or something was taken from you
0: yeah this is you're you're like a master of all the stuff you know this inside now and, and i just want to speak to the porn thing um so something i was shown by spirit many years ago was that um porn actually contains or can contain like demonic entities mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. beings and stuff and so then when you watch it and when you engage with it it's exactly what you said like what are you having sex with so those beings can come and i also worked with um with a client who confessed to me that porn was one of the things that they were dealing with as well and when we went in and did all the energetic work it was literally like we saw all of these hands and arms like coming in and stealing all of this person's life force energy so we were able to remove it and like this person had a profound shift Mm -hmm. afterwards and this is just one story of many and again it's not to demonize everything you know we're we're on the third dimensional reality here like everything and anything goes and that there's a way to engage in things in a in a more healthy way in a more conscious Mm -hmm. way is all I'm going to say I'm not trying to shame anyone but porn obviously is a huge um, it's a huge thing and like I have a you know I have a son he's seven now but it just it just is like horrifying to me to think Think that very soon, if not even now, he could come across these things on the internet that he's going to see. And it's just, you know, I mean, for, for anyone yeah, really.
1: I think the main thing, like you said, is like because you can't, it's hard to overcome something if you're already in a place of shame and guilt, right? So it's not, it's less about shame and guilt and more about education and having, and, be, and saying that you are given the understandings and tools to choose a different path. Because I know that a lot of people don't talk about this side of it. So, I feel like if you're already in a place of shame and guilt, it's going to come across that way that you're guilting or shaming someone. But if you're able to look at from a neutral place, like where I feel like people get to this point, if they do have an addiction to porn where they can see like the negative effects of it on their life, then you're able to like hear because because you want another solution, you're at this point of like, I need to figure it out. Right. And I feel like that's on every spiritual path, whether it's like whatever that thing is for you, you get to a point of you go, I need to figure it out. And the education, if the education is there in this way, then it allows you to be supported on your path of figuring it out. So that's the main thing with our work is to say, hey, these are the tools if you want them. Because I do believe too, on your spiritual path, you really can't be forced into this path. You can't be forced into wanting to change yourself. It really has to come from this deep soul level of knowing that there's more for yourself and and having those glimpses of feeling that more for yourself and then going i'm going to take the leap
0: and I, and i feel like that's usually what happens because because i've been like on this path for so long and of course in the very beginning when you know i was all like what wanted to like Tell people and like convert them and like, oh my God, this spiritual thing, but it doesn't work because when somebody's not ready, they're not ready. But then something will happen to them. Just like you said, it's some heartbreak or some kind of awakening happens. And then all of a sudden, then they're interested. But it's because it came through themselves, it came through their own mm-hmm. soul. So because I've seen this now so often, and I've seen so many profound beings that I know now that are profound leaders and teachers and healers, they were completely, you know, what you like unconscious or just not spiritual or whatever for a good portion of their life until one day yeah. they got woken up. And and, the, and I see so clearly that that was their path and that what they learned mm-hmm. up until that point served them. Some of them got skills in the corporate world that would help them in their spiritual business. You know, mm-hmm. some of them the tools or whatever they acquired during that time was perfect for then who they were meant to move into and be and then serve on their on their spiritual journey. So I, I feel like creator doesn't make mistakes. Um, yeah. You know, okay. it's like, we just have to, we just have to trust the process, but you know, all of this stuff is so interesting because it is all energetics, right? Like everything is energetics. And then another thing is like, and then this is why, um, you know, sometimes people talk about, and again, there, there's no, I don't, I don't do black and white. I try to really, cause every situation is situational, but this whole thing about keeping like ex-partners around and why this is, this can be so problematic to a current relationship. Now, if your ex-partner is around, but the relationship is clean and clear and both people have clean, that's a different story. But what's often yeah. happening is that these lines, lines are overlapped, which is why we can, you know, they they can cause so many problems. Because even if Mm -hmm. anything is not happening per se, there's an energetic link that's tying you to, you know, one or even more of these people that your partner may have been with before and vice versa. So um, this is why it's so important to do the clearing work, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I would say too, what we always tell people with
0: our um,
1: clearing that we do, like cord removals, that it's only important to remove the cord if you feel it's toxic. And we say, if you feel as toxic, well, toxic is self-explanatory. If you feel like the cord is expired, you you can't, every time you come, the energy comes up in your field, it feels negative, it feels heavy, then you know that it was toxic. But if the relationship ended in this way where it's not toxic, then you don't need to necessarily move, remove the cord. Unless you want to. You can remove the cord so that you just feel clear when you're connecting with your other partner that you that there's this space of energetic clarity in connecting with them sexually. But like you said, sometimes people are so friends with their exes or they may have kids with them and they have to transmute the relationship from this place of it being toxic to this new um, energetic space where it's like, it can be a healthy connection. So for example, um, my husband worked with someone where they were in this toxic relationship that was like tearing them apart individually and mutually as a collective. They both left, did the work. Um, they both ended up doing cord removals with like the process that we have. And then about a year later, they came back together and now they're married with kids so that's just an example of like it's basically like an energetic reset it's you reclaiming your space once you reclaim your space if you feel it's up to you to decide what path you're going to take from there but the person changes and goes i've grown and and they clearly show you that they've grown and that they've changed then it's okay and sometimes you leave a relationship and sometimes you leave a relationship before it turns toxic and you don't need to remove the cord. Like there's there's times where both people can be in the same level of consciousness when they come together. That's why they attracted to each other. And they both have certain understandings of how love and relationship works. And they go, hey, this isn't working anymore. I think we've just grown apart. Then you leave it and it's nothing there to remove because you didn't allow it to get to the point of toxicity. But I think that that spiritual maturity, it takes, that, it takes for someone to go to recognize those signs to say, hey, I do see us where we are and there's a turning point in front of us. Either we're going to work together and maintain our energetic connection and our level of consciousness and communicate and fix these these issues in our relationship, or we're going to go our separate way because we can't fix them from our level of consciousness. We don't, be- we don't believe we can fix them, rather, and we're going to leave before it turns toxic. But the whole point is that really in reality, like there's many scenarios where you can allow the situation to work. If both individuals are showing up and ready to do the work. But like you said, we don't control other people. We only control ourselves and we only know like from within us what we're willing to take steps towards.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a and it, it does it does it does take two. And I also feel like sometimes even just one person, I mean, two is ideal. And I also feel like sometimes even just one person doing the work because that's happened with me many times because I've often found myself with in partnerships with people who are not um, on the same spiritual path as me, which is, you know, it's is. Is 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 just the way that it's been, you know. And it's been very interesting to see that even time and time again, as I shift myself, that person will shift along, you know? So it's yeah. it's it's good when both people are doing the work, but it's also possible and because because it all comes back to the self, right? And I think you said something about this. Like I call it like our own point of reference. It's like our own energetic set point, I guess is what some people call it as well, right? So whatever our set point is, that's what everybody else is responding to. So that's why we can always shift things within ourselves and then wow the the outside world suddenly magically magically seems to change or did it change or is it just that we we perceive things differently or we changed our energy therefore everything else had to you know reconvene or you know regather itself to like to 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 come around us so i find that very interesting as well
1: yeah i would say two things about that too i would say when you shift yourself if there's something not working in a relationship and you shift yourself. You've either shifted to yourself your level of consciousness where you're able to tolerate something, where you've reached this place of, of peace about it, right, where it no longer bothers you. But that's a choosing. That's that's a path of humility to say I'm going to choose to be in this relationship, and not allow this other person's energy to affect me. And that requires a high level of mastery. And I don't know if many people would take that path because it requires you to constantly humble yourself. Right. And a lot of people want to just be able to relate from their level of consciousness to someone else. And that's also why I say there's relationships and there's partnerships. And relationships are this place where you are in the state of collecting data. You're collecting data on how to relate to another person. But I feel like once you learn to relate to someone, you want a partnership with someone where they can relate back. So now it's mutual. Sometimes we're in relationships with people and it's not mutual. We're just in that relationship because there's something we can relate about i may not subscribe to your whole system of beliefs right i I don't know i may not even agree with half of them but i can relate to this one thing about you so we're in a relationship together as long as i can feel like i'm comfortable here but once i outgrow that you're gonna your spirit is gonna be like this you've outgrown this space you need a partnership you need mutuality because that's what source is at the highest level your relationship to source is a partnership is you honoring source and source pouring back into you to say hey like it's 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 this symbiotic feeling of energetic connectedness where you got where you know it's mutual and there's nothing inside of you that goes hey there's something else to work on i'm not excited about that today Right. Rather, if you're in a relationship, you go, hey, there's something else to work on. I'm really not excited about this. But let me get excited so I can relate to you. And this isn't to say that you're not going to have points of, um, of things that you have to work through in a partnership. Right. But there's a difference of of consciousness of both individuals to go, hey, we signed up for this. So even if there is something to work on, I'm never going to fail you and say, hey, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to work through this with you. But in a relationship, it, they, the person might. They might go, hey, well, I, you, you're saying this to me. You can relate to me, but I can not relate to you. And I'm just going to stay this way because I'm comfortable here. So I think understanding the two and like your own path, what feels right for you, I think is the biggest thing. Do you want a relationship or do you want a partnership?
0: I love that. I love that. And I, and I always say like a relationship can be anything that people want mm-hmm. it to be. It just has to be agreed upon between the two people that are in the right. relationship. So right. It, it can, <laughs> right, like, like it just, it can be, it can be yeah, lots, lots more and more people have open relationships. They have like all these, you know, they have arrangements, they have all these things, as long as it's mutual and it's understood and agreed upon, then it's like, hey, anything goes, especially more than ever. And that, and that, and that being said, I'm curious if you're open to talk about it um, a little bit about the relationship that you have with your husband, because it sounds like you guys are working together and teaching together. And was it always, you know, was it always a, you know, a conscious thing or did you guys move into consciousness together? If you could share, I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I would say, um, I always say I have a partnership with my husband because we literally do. We, We have a partnership. There's an understanding that we work together on every level. And that every level starts with ourselves first. So we both independently have this commitment to do the work ourselves. My husband still meditates every day. He wakes up at 5 a.m., meditates for hours. I do my own practices, I have meditation, the other stuff that I do to stay in alignment with myself. So first and foremost, we're committed to the path of our own source dedication first. And then from there, like we work together. So we have businesses together, our life work together, we write together. I know that's not ideal for most people, but it's something that I chose for myself because I knew I wanted that. I've come from these series of relationships before him where it wasn't mutual. And sometimes I was in that relationship by myself, like whether I was in the relationship by myself mentally or emotionally, because other person just didn't want to show up to do the work. And I said, this isn't really what I want. I'm done collecting the data. Like I know what I want. To, and i know how i want to connect with someone so i'm going to manifest a partnership with someone because i don't need to be in a relationship that's not ideal where it's you wake up one day and you don't know the person you're going to get you're going to you're going to it's like living with with a different person every day like Whether it's little things of like communication or just like them just choosing to like have this lack of commitment to self growth. And, And everybody has their reasons. Right. Sometimes it could be trauma. Sometimes it could be that they're just scared. Right. It could be fear. It could be shame. It could be guilt. They could have their own energetic blocks. But I really do feel like you have that's that's the early work of relationship. And that should be relationship to self first. And a lot of people don't like when I say this, but I say if you're going to get in a relationship, it does require two spiritually mature people, because you're no. The, what would be the point of getting into relationship? Relationship. So you're relating, right? And the ship part of relationship means you're the that you're moving forward. You're moving somewhere. You should be moving somewhere. So if you're if you're just relating and you're not moving anywhere, that you're stagnant. You don't even need a relationship with that person to do that. At that point, you could be friends with that person and not subject yourself to go through the cycles of torment of them not wanting to show up for the relationship. Because once it involves two people, you have your own personal dynamics of space and energetic space and what you need for yourself to be maintaining that relationship. But you're also saying, hey, like, I'm choosing this because. I'm saying I wanna do this with you. If you're saying you wanna do something with someone, you have to have some sort of willingness. It can't just be non-existent. Otherwise, just staying in a relationship with yourself. So for me, I once I realized that I'm like, okay, I need a partnership because <laughs> it's the next level for me of understanding and I need someone that, that has the same under- source understanding. So our relationship is based in source connectedness first, our relationship to ourselves, to source and then our connection to source together so that makes up our partnership and he was already on his spiritual path before me i was on mine ironically we were kind of doing the same work (laughs) independently we didn't know each other yet but like once we got together we're talking about it we're like oh you were doing that i was doing this okay like for example um i was cultivating my sexual energy um not purposely at that time i was still like kind of naive to it but There was a series of events that triggered me having this understanding of connectedness to my sexual energy, and he was doing the same. So he um, likes to to communicate in the sense that he had tantric energy before he was even having sex. He was celibate too, and I was. But um, when we came together, we had done the clearing work that we now talk about in our books and our work with others and we have done the healing work for ourselves and it just made sense when we came together that this was like part of our life's work to work with other people.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. And has have you guys been together for a long time?
1: Yeah, so about 10 years now.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And I and I and I just like I just like to keep it real cuz like what like I'm sure that even inside because I'm sure it's so easy and I feel like people do this with spiritual people all the time because they do it with me it's like they look at you and they make this assumption that like everything is great and perfect because you're spiritual but like I bet in your humanness you guys still have your moments right like being being I would say I would yeah. say we have them less now, and I'm yeah. not just saying I would
1: like tell you the truth, like I, I'm like 100 percent open about most things in my life. But we've honestly gotten to a place where we like peace and <laughs> we both like peace. So we're on the same wavelength. Like I said, when I say it, like we really do wake up and do our own work to be in partnership to get, together. together. Um, together. We may have our own things in our life that may trigger something but the triggering is no longer with each other if that makes sense so any mirroring that comes up like for change is usually like from an outside um catalyst so like it's usually like something with work or something with like someone that doesn't know us um but together we really kind of don't really have those moments anymore i would say in the beginning even though we were on the same wave way way um, consciously and energetically it was still the coming together of figuring it out um, so we didn't really have as much arguments about like 3d like petty stuff but we we would mirror things to each other that were very difficult to integrate so like hearing those things and dealing with them in the beginning was like, oh, like, is this really like how I am right now? Or the same vice versa. So it was like, okay. But then we would have to take it back to ourselves and deal with it. Like it was never like each other's responsibility to deal with what we brought to each other because it was something that was being mirrored from within ourselves, right? So I always, if you understand, and sometimes like you do have moments of chaos, but I would say those moments come from being outside of alignment with the person only time you really have a moment of chaos of someone in your circles if you're outside of alignment because just the understanding of chaos in general is so powerful and potent and and, and heavy. Like if they're already within your world, if you've already attracted them and chaos is arising, that means that one of you guys are no longer in alignment with with the other because you didn't attract that chaos. It's just arising now, so something happened whether it's a dip in consciousness of one of you, whether one of you just decided, hey, I'm no longer committed, I'm just choosing to be unaware, then those moments come up. Like, but it just takes like that dedication to being aware, to communicating. Communicating is such a big, big deal. because I feel like sometimes as spiritual beings, we do feel things intuitively and we just feel like we don't need to communicate them because your partnership filled them, right? Mm -hmm. Communication was such like a big deal for us in the beginning. i talk about it in learning to love, like communicate, like it's just so simple. But for a lot of people, I know it's not. And I understand sometimes too, like when you're doing the work and these things come up, you may not even have the words to communicate what it is that you're going through, but you got to like sit there and find the words because someone else is standing there going through it with you. Like they're seeing, (laughs) you're dragging them into it, going through it with you. So you have to find the words to communicate. Um, that's just the biggest thing. But yeah, I mean, we don't have those moments really anymore. Like I said, unless it's like an outside catalyst. And even then, we're like very um, we're very selective of what we allow into our worlds. Um, that's the biggest thing. I think um for us it was like a lesson early on. There's like a course in miracles that says nothing real can be threatened. Um in anything, yeah. So you know the quote I'm talking mm-hmm. about.
0: Um <clears throat> And so let's just say it for the why don't you just say it for everybody just in case they just to say it do you know do you want to say it the whole the the quote so um, people can, can hear it. it I think I believe isn't it um nothing 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 real can be threatened nothing unreal exists and herein lies the peace of God that's what it is right yeah that that, that I'm not a big course in miracles person but so like I I have never read the whole thing but certain things really pop out from those teachings and that I mean, one you know, I always when yeah. You, when- we said and you knew it um so that
1: was like a big building block for us because it's like if our relationship can be threatened is it real and when you look at it that way it's like kind of like whoa like <laughs> if that, it doesn't feel good if, if, if something comes up and makes you think like well our relationship was threatened is it real so we really got to the point of understanding like of, of being aware of what comes into our world and what we're actually like what we were actually having like disagreements about is this disagreement actually real and some things are actually real right some things are tangible things like i don't know some people's situations are very real like they may see like say like for example and i don't want to put this on anyone in general but just as a general example like they may be married and the husband like cheats or the wife cheats and there's a now there's a baby the baby's real mm-hmm. but the whole point of that is like does this threaten your relationship Does does will you still stay Or do you feel like this is something that can be worked through? Is your relationship real enough to you to go, like, I can work through this, but not just from a place of ego of like, I'm just gonna deal with this, but inside I'm deeply miserable. Like, no, like, can you live with this is the biggest thing. Like the biggest thing to ask yourself is, can I live with this? If this thing exists in my relationship, am I willing to live with it every day? And if I am willing to live with it every day, can I make peace with it? If the answer is no, then it's not real. And that means that you need to choose another another direction for yourself. And it's okay to say if, if you come to that conclusion that your relationship wasn't real, because sometimes we come together in connectedness, we come together in lust, right? We can come together in ego, we can come together in codependency, mm-hmm. um, we can come together from um, trauma bonding, and none of those things are real. So if you came together in those and under any of those circumstances, maybe your relationship was not real. You thought it was from the, your level of of perception at that time. And that's okay. It's okay to understand that you can heal from that and you can move forward from that. And you don't have to live there because sometimes people will choose relationships out of those places and feel like they have to live there because they don't know what the next step is for them.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. That's all like, it's, it's very powerful. And it's, um, I don't know. There's so much choice available to us. That's what I was thinking. And I I love the piece about it. Like nothing real can be threatened because that's something that I've just thought about more and more because I've dealt with a lot of And, like, even going back to, like, this is, like, with social media, like, and what you were talking about earlier, like, somebody can see a picture of you and, like, do things to you. So this kind of stuff is happening all the time. And I've seen a few of my spiritual friends online that I follow talking about these things that happened to them, about how they were being, like, literally attacked by people on social media. And the same thing has happened to me, too. So it's just... uh, that my mind is going all over the place here. It's just, it's so oh, important no. to be, it's important to be discerning. But the, the point is, is that, so I've dealt with so much kind of black magic and curses and all kinds of stuff. Like I've dealt with it for a long time and it's been part of my training, but what I've come, the place I've come to is exactly that. Anything that's real will not. It will not it will not be taken down by that. Anything that's real will somehow survive that. It will make it through. And anything that's meant to go, if it can, if it's meant to, then it's gonna go. Then that curse or whatever is set in place, it will, it will do, and, and and it's because it's sources will. That's how I look at it, you know, like it's it's all it's all higher will. I know there's a lot in the new age community and it's that's a whole bigger topic. Like I, I believe in both, you know, we are all powerful, and at the same time, there's a there's a creator who's more powerful than us, and that's what keeps us humble as humans. That's what I think. So sometimes I hear people.
1: Hmm? I said I agree with that 100 percent like for me in my path I um source I believe in source I believe in Yeshua for me I know people call him Christ I say Yeshua because that's been my connection to on my path but um (laughs) you also understand universal consciousness right I think that in order to be um effective in working with other people and also just have a level of humanness and um and deeper like understanding I think that it's it's okay to understand that people have different perspectives and that these different understand understandings of source are valid. Right? So I agree, but I do believe it's like this confusion topping topic, but I do know that is something deeply personal to you. Like as long as you have like some level of connectedness to your inner being and however you label your inner being is up to you, but we all have an inner being. I think if we start there to say that we have this inner existence, this energy that lives inside of us, um, it all, it's always going to lead back to some source perspective, right? However you identify that source perspective, though, will be up to you.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's such as, you know, relationship with God or source is such an individual, um, it's such an individual thing. It's an individual relationship, you know, and I Mm -hmm. think, um, we could all do to, to be more accepting of that (laughs) because sometimes people don't accept other people's, you know, it's like, Oh, it's like this. It's like for you, it's like this, but that doesn't mean it's like that for somebody else. So, and I believe that's ultimately our, our, a a big part of our path, right. It's like, how are we going to relate with God and to God and all these things? So, um, uh, let's just talk a little bit about your music quickly before, Mm -hmm. like, so how does, how does music go like flow into all this? Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit more. So, I mean, I'm always
1: like, had this musical side of myself. I've wanted to make music my whole life. I started when I was younger, like in college, I started vocal lessons. So for me, it's kind of been like a long journey with it. Um, A lot of people don't know that just because I've, I've been so focused on the spiritual side of my path, because I just, and honestly, I was just called there. And it's just taken, it took over so much of my life and my path and I don't regret any of it. I'm very happy to be where I am and like the work that I've done to connect with people and myself and source, um, but it's always been there. It's always been this excitement. And I do believe that your excitements do come around at a specific times for you when you're ready to birth them, right? with anything that you do. And I felt like um, in the last few years, I would say 2016, I put my first album out and ironically I was birthing my child <laughs> at the same time. And the um, music came at the same time. So it was like a twofer, like <laughs> baby album. And that album was like more in, um, experimental. A lot of the instruments that were on the album were my voice and my husband um, produced the album. He does produce like a lot of my music now too. So we do that together, we have that in common. Um, And then I just allowed myself to go deeper into exploring that creative side of myself. So now, like, I think I was finding, like, where I wanted to be. What was my message? Right. So I believe like anything you do has intention. If it has intention, it reaches where it's supposed to go. So I had to figure out what my intention was with the music and sharing my voice. I always knew that my voice was part of my gifts. But I struggled with how it was going to be delivered and shared with others. I didn't know for me at the time if it was just meant for me to sing in the church or like just be like you know do that. But then I was like, well, if my work is so unique with now with women and people, and I my music is only an extension of me, it's coming from me, it's an extension of me, so it's gonna have the same uniqueness. And so now, a lot of my songs I consider them like mantras. Like, I put out my second album called Goddess Time, and it was definitely like an ode to the energy of the to, an ode to feminine energy and the embodiment of goddess. Right. So, a lot of the songs on there are like mantras for me, like, am, I am a goddess is like one of the tracks, and it's literally like a chant, like, I am a goddess. So, it's like empowerment. A lot of the songs are like about relationship, empowerment, love, self. So, I have a song called Trust My Body. And that's like a big, a big one, one of my favorites. Um, and I feel like it's just empowering. It's another way to empower yourself because I know music has vibration and like the vibration that you choose to put into your music makes a big difference um to people receiving it. So I just wanted to be able to come from that place of of understanding and putting like all of my my work and um way I wanted to connect women into my music. Um, And I know you listen to my new song, Mac and Cheese, and I'm in this place now, like, okay, I also want to have, like, these fun, like, songs that can go on social media where people can just feel, like, lighthearted and, like, just have fun with it. So I feel like now, like, um, I'm just excited, like, for the blossoming of it. Um, it's just been a really like exciting journey and I'm excited to continue for people to hear my music and find it and connect with it and, um, just connect with the people through it. Like, that's just the biggest thing for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I can, I can totally relate. It's music is such a a powerful universal language. And I I think the irony of it is is like, you know, I've noticed this over and over again. Like I pour my heart into like these spiritual creations and stuff. And it's like, but then what's always the most received is the funny stuff. It's like yeah. time and time again, it's like people just love the humor. They love the lightheartedness. So there's there's yeah. a place for everything, you know?
1: I agree. Like, because sometimes too, like, I feel like I don't want people to get to a point on their path where they're feeling And I I hear it so much. So like, I'm always working on myself. I always feel like I'm never like, like, I'll, there's always something to do. I'm discouraged. And so like, I definitely feel like the other side of it, just uh, uh, allowing ourselves to have this human journey and not feeling guilt guilt about having the human journey, but being conscious while having it. That's the biggest thing. So yeah, like and, and okay.
0: let's talk about that for a sec because i've heard that oh gosh i've heard I, I mean i went through that for a while and i've heard that so often this thing of like oh there's always something to work on and that can be the trap of some of the personal development circles right it's yeah. like you go on this quest to like make yourself better without realizing that you're actually you know you're actually perfect as you are and there's room for improvements always of course and that's what life is is constantly striving to be better and do better and all these things but for me what it came down to is like i gotta accept myself in every moment just as i am all of my ups and my downs and my shadows and my light and all the, you know, and that unconditional from that place of unconditional love. That's where I feel like really my deepest healing has come from. And it wasn't from because for years I was on that, like running around, doing every workshop, taking every certification, everything, like trying to get better. okay like I got I I checked off this box over here. I cleared this and I healed this and now I got to do this. And then I was like, this is madness. You know, like there's, you know, it comes from a good place and I feel like it's part of the journey. But I feel like ultimately, you know, now everything just begins with accepting the self, you know, as we are, because we were, we were created this way and again, creator doesn't make mistakes. Right. So we were all, you know, we all have things to work on. We all have things that we're good at and we all have things we can improve on.
1: hundred percent. I always say like the biggest thing for me and for like, when I, when I'm working with people is that I feel like you begin to actually do life when you're at this place of wholeness. And when I say wholeness is not some level of perfection to attain, but When, like you said, when we're born, we're all perfect, right? It's not source made us perfect. It's the stuff that we go through, like whether it's trauma, like some people have really like heavy things that they're dealing with. And I, and I believe you actually feel, once you feel free from those things, you actually begin to do life from this place of like, almost like this clear energetic slate. So for me, the work that I say when, like, when I'm like, you need to do the work, it's like getting whole, the getting whole work because that's for you that's not for anyone else that's not for like your partner That's not for your friend that's not for your mom that's not for your dad that's for you that's so you can feel confident in your body and be in your body because sometimes like when we're when we don't have the tools to do that work we're not in our bodies we're walking around everywhere else because we're we have so much trauma and we're holding that because i know once you clear that you're actually feel comfortable being in your body again and living before that moment you don't feel it and so I feel like once you get to that point like it becomes like addicting like oh is there something else to do like no like once you feel whole like once you feel embodied, go do life live like live (laughs) experience right because now you have this new new understanding of how to like live in experience you're not going to put yourself back in those situations because you now have like the understandings but if something comes up you don't need to go lock yourself away from the world and go I need to go fix myself again like No, like you got to break that pattern if you're there, but you do also need to have the balance of knowing like if you are going through trauma, if you have, if you're holding trauma, if you're holding things that you know you need to work through, let work through them, but then do life, live.
0: Absolutely. Well, life is. I mean, this is why we're here. Life is. Life is meant to. Be, we're here. Life is meant to be lived. It's pretty simple, but a lot of simple concepts seem to pass us by. So, please, uh, Victoria, tell everyone where can they find more about you and your work.
1: So you can find me on Instagram at victoriliana underscore. That's V I C T O R I A, L E A N N A underscore, and that is my handle across Instagram, across TikTok. I also have a website cosmicsexuality.com and an Instagram page for that as well. It's called Learning Cosmic Sexuality. And then I have a page for my book Learning to Love. And it is the Learning to Love book. And you can find me at any of those places. And I'm always excited to connect. So...
0: And I want to say thank you. What's coming through to me is actually to say thank you to both you and your partner for this work that you do because it's so important during this time. You know, like the word I I go around sometimes I'm like, oh, Babylon things. It's like it's like all these things, you know what I mean? It's like this is the age that we're living in and this was prophesied a long time ago that this would be a lot of what and sexuality, I feel like is at the at the heart of so much of this because they use sex to sell everything from like dog food to floor cleaner to like like sex is sex is everywhere. Right. And it's like so many people just don't you know, and if and if we can and and the beautiful thing about it, though, is that and as you know, it's like there's so much power there, too. So people can actually learn to harness their sexual energy, use it for good, whether by themselves or by a partner. That's what they've been trying to hide from us. That's why they shamed Mm -hmm. us. Right. And told us that sexuality was bad and it was wrong and made us feel bad about all of these natural desires that we have that are actually the gateway to our power. But like with any power, it's like with great power comes great responsibility, right? So we have to learn how to use this energy in a in a more mindful way. Right.
1: Yeah. And and then just to add to what you said, we, we're very rarely taught this, especially I know in the United States is like your sex ed class is for like one semester maybe and all you're taught about is like babies and like birth control like it's not like any layers of your actual being of like anything that would actually help you in life right so there's so very little education like you said that's for a reason but also just shifting that education from such like this physical place to understanding it holistically like understanding it energetically because that's a part of yourself that you need to be connected to
0: yeah, well, absolutely. let's say
1: this, you're returning to, you're returning to.
0: Uh, yes. Amen. Absolutely. You are returning to because it's never, it's, it's always been there. It just lays, you know, dormant or suppressed or, you know, there's, 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 there's so much there. So thank you for this wonderful work that you do. And I look forward to hearing more of your music and uh, thank you everyone. Go check out, uh, if you feel drawn to this conversation, please go check out her work and, and follow her because this is very important work. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you for making this space and I appreciate all that you do. Um, I really, really had so much fun being here and just like the conversation and where it went, I feel like it's just needed and it's going to reach the people that it's meant for.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's my that's that's why I do this. It's like everything I do is for a friend of mine made a reel the other day, or she made a post, and I was like, I think I'm gonna copy her because she just said, I'm not on social media to get clients. She's like, if you want to work with me, you know how to message me. She's like, I'm yeah. literally here to share messages and and inspiration with people. And I was like, I've been doing the same thing since like 2008. I used to do like little angel messages on Twitter and all this stuff. And it's always like, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with with wanting to get clients on social media. There's nothing wrong with that either. But there is this this, like, you know, when, when you're offering something just from this place. And I, and I really feel that from you that your offering is so, um, so, so full of devotion and from the heart. And so it's much appreciated. So bless you. And thank you. Thank you so much. Yay. Blessings, everyone. You've been listening to a voice for love. This is Surya Debbie. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so that you can be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Peace.